Welcome to Sound Prince Audio Magazine, a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Sound Prince is underwritten by the American Printing House for the Blind and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. I'm Carla Rushevel. I'm your host for this week's magazine. Welcome to Sound Prince for the week of December 10, 2023. The Greater Louisville Council of the Blind Christmas with the Council Party is Friday, December 15. It's in person at the United Crescent Hill Ministries, 150 South State Street in Louisville, from 4.30 to 9 p.m. You can also listen in on Zoom beginning at 6.30. Chapters participating in the Christmas with the Council Party are Guide Dog Users of Kentuckiana, KCB Next Generation, Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision, Tri-State Library Users, and, of course, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind. There will be a bargain table at 4.30, a delicious home-cooked meal of ham, green beans, mashed potatoes, corn, rolls, and your choice of apple or cherry dump cake for dessert at 5 p.m. Music and games and holiday cheer will fill the party. Santa and Mrs. Claus will make an appearance at 8 p.m. And there will be a gift for everyone and, of course, door prizes. To sign up, call the Kentucky Council of the Blind Office at 502-895-4598. Are you bringing your kids or grandkids to the party? If you'd like for them to receive a gift from Santa, make sure you bring a wrapped gift for them and mark it clearly with their name. Turn it in when you sign in to the party. Cost of the in-person party is $6 per person. If you can't come in person, join us on KCB Zoom line from 6.30 to 8.30. All are welcome. The phone number is 669-900-6833 and the code is 862-9889-6972. The Tri-State Library Users Book Club and Business Meeting for December will be on Saturday, December 16 at 11 a.m. on Zoom. This month we're reading a great holiday mystery called The Twelve Clues of Christmas. It's by Reese Boeing and it's part of the Royal Spinus series, which takes place in England during the 1930s and gives you a very entertaining look into the lives of the British royal family. GLCB will be hosting roundabouts each Friday evening during December. The time is 6.30 to 8.30 on the Zoom line. Friday, December 22 is Page Turners and Technology. And December 29 will give you a chance to tell us about what you did for the holidays, your favorite gifts that you gave to others or that you received, and your plans for the new year. Don't miss any of our Christmas and New Year's fun. Sponsors are a very important part of any KCB State Convention. There are sponsorships to fit every budget. This year they ranged from $15 to $1,500 and truly made this 50th annual convention possible. Here are our Golden Jubilee sponsors for 2023. Note, sponsors are from Louisville unless otherwise indicated. Jade Sponsors, $15. 
Susan Amond, Lexington. Donna Brown, West Virginia. Susan Card, David Cox, Patty Cox, Debbie Dethridge, Samantha Hubbard, Lindsay LeVere, Michigan, Trina Muncy, Indiana, Kendall Perry, Winter Renfro, Owensboro, Connie Sims, South Dakota, Chastity Starkey, and Marlena Vanderwall, Michigan. Also, Essentially Braille and Not Enough Kitchen from Indiana. Our $25 Amber sponsors were Kathy Arnold, Edna Campbell, Ray Campbell, Joey Couch, Natalie Couch, Debbie Green, Elizabethtown, Joe Kuswara, Cheryl Lott, Owensboro, Debbie Persons, Restoria Ross Jackson, Amanda Selm, Matt Selm, Elaine Weisbard, Dave Wildy, and Bill Wright. Heads Limo Service, LLC, from Owensboro, was also a sponsor. The Turquoise $50 sponsors were Betty Boggess, Owensboro, Rick Boggess, Owensboro, Eldon Kaiser, Cave City, Roberta McCall, Michigan, Mary Rickard, Susan Robertson, Owensboro, Chuck Runyon, Deanna Scoggins, Guide Dog Users of Kentuckyana, and Support Alliance of the Visually Impaired, Savvy, Owensboro. Our Amethyst sponsors at the $100 level included Ronald Bird, Indiana, Adam Rushevel, Carla Rushevel, Gary Mudd, Accessible Pharmacy Services for the Blind, Blind Girl Designs, JW.org, Cats Network, KCB Next Generation, Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision, Lab Computers, Lutheran Braille Workers, Brooke Pernice, Pony Ride Band, Tri-State Library Users, and Vanda Pharmaceutical. The Opal $200 sponsor was Louisville East Lions Club. The Emerald $300 sponsor was Greater Louisville Council of the Blind. The Ruby $1,000 sponsor was Lula Dotson Legacy, and the Diamond $1,500 sponsor was Louisville Downtown Lions Club. Total sponsorships this year were $5,640. Truly a golden jubilee convention amount. Thanks to all who made this a great convention. And now for our convention exhibitors. As you will note, some of our exhibitors were also sponsors. Some exhibited both days, some only one day. Here's the list. Accessible Pharmacy Services for the Blind, Virtual, American Printing House for the Blind, Saturday, Blind Girl Designs, Friday and Saturday, Bluegrass Council of the Blind, Saturday, Essentially Braille and Not Enough Kitchen on Saturday, JW.org, Friday and Saturday, Cats Network, Friday, Kentucky Office of Vocational Rehabilitation and Blind Services, Friday, Lab Computers Friday, Sense with Chastity on Friday and Saturday, and Vanda Pharmaceuticals on Friday. Exhibitors. Here's a list of companies that sponsored and exhibited during the convention. 
Some were there on Friday, some on Saturday, and some on both days. Accessible Pharmacy Services for the Blind, Virtual from Pennsylvania, American Printing House for the Blind, Blind Girl Designs from Houston, Texas, Bluegrass Council of the Blind, Lexington, Essentially Braille and Not Enough Kitchen from Waldron, Indiana, JW.org, Cats Network from Florence, Kentucky, Kentucky Office of Vocational Rehabilitation and Blind Services, Lab Computers, Lutheran Braille Workers, Sense with Chastity, and Vanda Pharmaceuticals from Washington, D.C. Representatives from the Kentucky Office of Vocational Rehabilitation made presentations at the 2023 KCB Convention on Friday, November 17. They included Helga Gilbert, Division Director, Kentucky Blind Services, Frankfurt, Gay Panel, ILS and IOB Program Manager, Bowling Green, Heidi Casterson, Facility Administrator, Charles W. McDowell Center in Louisville. Helga and Heidi also staffed an exhibit table that afternoon where they provided information and passed out free iBill money identifiers. Listen to page two and be in the know about services available for the blind and visually impaired from the Kentucky Office of Vocational Rehabilitation. Sound prints is heard 12 times each week on ACB Media One. Listen there by using the ACB Link app on your iPhone or on your Alexa device by asking her to open ACB Media and then choosing number one when prompted. We are heard at 8 p.m. Sunday, 8 a.m. Monday, 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. on Tuesday, 4 a.m. and 4 p.m. on Wednesday, 10 p.m. on Thursday, and 1 a.m., 10 a.m. and 1 p.m. on Friday. You can also listen on your Victor Stream by searching for sound prints in the Victor Stream database. Find sound prints in the list of podcasts in the ACB Link app. Just open ACB Link on your iPhone, choose Podcasts for the menu, and scroll down the list to find sound prints. Listen anytime, 24 hours a day, on the KCB Information Line by calling 773-572-6318. Be sure to check the opening menu for available shows, as we post some shows from past weeks as well. For more information about Soundprints, to comment on a recent show, or make a suggestion for a future topic, or to request a free subscription on CD, playable on any standard CD player, call the Kentucky Council of the Blind at 502-895-4598. Page 2. At this time, it's my pleasure to introduce some folks that, you know, we've definitely heard from in years past, but we always have them in for an agency update from the Office of Vocational Rehabilitation. Uh, today, we have uh, Helga, Helga Gippart, who's the Director of Blind Services from Frankfurt, uh, Gay Panel, who's the 
program manager for the independent living program. She's joining us from Bowling Green. And uh, Heidi Kesterson, who's from here in Louisville, and she's the facilities administrator over at the Charles McDowell Center, a place that we all know and love. All right, so uh, ladies, we'll turn it over to you, and the time is your own. And thank you very much for coming back to KCB's convention. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Helga Gilbert, and I am the Division Director of Blind Services with Office of Voc Rehab. And thank you so much for having our agency here today to be part of your Golden Jubilee celebration. 50 years, that is, that is awesome. Um, typically, Cora McNabb, our Executive Director, or whoever our Executive Director is, um, is comes up and, and gives an agency update, but unfortunately Cora could not be here today. So I'm going to pass along a few words that she uh, wanted me to share with you. Um, she, she wanted to express the commitment that OVR continues to have in its mission in assuring that the specialized services for the blind are continued and that they continue to grow. And this is actually very evident in the growth and the strengthening in our staff numbers in the Independent Living and Older Blind Program and uh, the Division of Blind Services overall and in the Kentucky Business Enterprise Program. Each of these areas have added additional staff in order to meet the needs of the blind and visually impaired and to increase service delivery. OVR has also completed and has several capital projects that are in the works, too, for expansion and improvement of the accessibility of the Charles W. McDowell Center. And I'm not going to talk too much about that because I know that Heidi Kesterson will share about that. Um, also, Cora wanted you to know that your organization is represented on the State Rehabilitation Council. And then I'd like to add that um, please don't ever hesitate to reach out directly to me or any of our staff if you have suggestions or issues that you feel need to be addressed as we move forward. There's one update that I'd like to give you right now before uh, Heidi and Gay talk about their programs. But uh, I just wanted to tell you about one exciting thing that we are working on and that Carla and Adam Rushville know a, a lot about also, um, but it's with uh, our, our growing um, forward momentum with a low vision clinic that will be housed at the McDowell Center, but is very much a collaborative project with the Kentucky Lions Eye Foundation and the Kentucky School for the Blind Charitable Foundation and several other interested supporters and partners. And so this is um, a project that all of us know is incredibly important to Kentuckians. We've lost low vision providers, and it's such an important service. And so these groups are, are coming together and are determined to make it happen. And we are seeing a lot of progress more recently. So our, um, the McDowell Center will actually be providing the space. The space for the clinic itself, for the, um, the equipment and, and a dedicated room, as well as dedicated space for the um, support staff 
the, the office manager type position that needs to happen. <clears throat> and the other organizations will provide a support in um, a securing a, an optometrist or ophthalmologist and in um, maintaining equipment and, and that sort of thing. So it takes a lot of partners, but everybody's working together and meeting monthly um, and doing a lot of outreach to find providers for our clinic. Um, we have the equipment has been donated, uh, the room has been cleared and is ready for uh, us to move forward, make renovations to it, and turn it into a real clinic. So let's see. So I'm also going to give an update about the, um, the Kentucky Business Enterprise Program for Corey Markham who's the director of that program, but I'm going to first let Heidi speak, and then I will come back to you all. Thank you. Good afternoon, everyone. I apologize up front for a head code, sinus infection, non-contagious, whatever I have going on. Um, so if I cough or have to stop and let CJ or Helga take over. <laughs> that is why. Um, but it is great to be with all of you all in person again. Um, I think it was 2019, I guess, when I did my first um, conference with you all. And then, of course, we all know it happened in 2020. Um, so I did some virtuals with you all. And then last year, unfortunately, I had a, another engagement with my family, and I couldn't make it. So I'm very happy to be back here and see everyone today and looking forward to you guys coming over to the booth and chatting with us. We have some different um, adaptive devices that we have sent um, that Mary Harrod has thought would be something that everybody would like to see and kind of get a hands-on to see what it's like. And then we also brought some iBill readers, probably not enough for everybody. But we do have iBill readers as well as the applications. So if you want to fill one out today, you can actually take that iBill reader with you um, instead of having to fill out that application, mail it in, and wait the six weeks for them to ship it to you. So come over and visit with us. We'll probably be here till at least 4.30-ish. Um, and we will ship them for you so you don't have to wait the six weeks. Yes. So if we run out of any that we have available for you to take today, we'll get those to you as well. So if you're interested in that, swing over and see us. Um, I'm not going to put CJ on the spot to give a presentation today, but I will put him on the spot to answer questions. Um, but CJ joined us in February, and he is the section supervisor for our VOC prep, prep section, which is the instructional unit. And so we're very happy to have him. He comes with um, maybe not as much knowledge in the vision world, but a lot of great leadership, um, well-rounded personality, and definitely the passion that Helga and I have to move the center forward and to continue to improve and serve to the best of our abilities. So we're very happy to have him. Um, with that, I'll kind of start on a few updates, and then we can either do questions or we can let everybody else finish and we can question at the end. Um, but our much-anticipated dorm opening occurred on October, or October 2nd. So we are about six, seven weeks into our dorm being open, and I continue to knock on wood when I say this, that it has gone 
way smoother than I ever thought it would have. Um, with the building being closed for right at three and a half years, I just expect it once people got there, things would, the building would not be happy and we'd have plumbing issues and electrical issues and all that stuff. But it has behaved well, um, which is all that we could have asked <laughs> for that. Um, we are averaging about seven students in the dorm right now and we'll have that many through December. Um, obviously around the holidays we try to admit people based on if we know they're going to you know, be there just for a short period of time and not have people have to come back and forth and back and forth. But we have about, like I said, seven through the end of December. Um, and we're averaging about 15 to 20 students total between our dorm, our day students, and virtual. Um, this year, we've served 66 consumers um, throughout 24 counties. Um, and we were very happy that we even hit some counties that we haven't typically served in the past. So it's nice to be getting out there. Um, we have a lot of new RCBs infield services, so being able to just explain our services to them and they've come to visit the center and stay and experience what we offer, so that's been a nice collaboration with field services. Um, as far as positions that we currently have open, um, so we have the section supervisor for our dormitory area, our student service section that is open, that just vacated at the beginning of December. So we are working through the paperwork to get that reposted. We have a voc rehab specialist one that is a dorm staff on second shift. Um, and that one is actually pending interviews. We have about nine applicants and some really good applicants that we're excited to review and offer interviews to. We have our rehabilitation aid that is in the dorm on third shift, but that is just waiting for the final uh, approval from personnel. And after those two are filled, we'll be fully staffed in our dorm um, with our full-time staff, but we are still always looking for any part-time people that would want to come and work through a DECO. So if you know anyone looking, please make sure that you have them reach out to me. Um, as far as under CJ section, we have a orientation mobility um, position posted. However, I am happy to report this year that we have a one already on staff. I know in the past I usually come and tell you we don't have any, um, but we have one that started in April um, and she's done great. She's a new grad but very passionate um, and brings a lot of enthusiasm and she's very much looking for her partner in crime. So if you know anybody in the field that's looking for an O&M position, send them our way. Um, we have an additional assistive technology position that we've posted. We currently have two full-time, but as you all know, it's a very important area in our training, and so um, we are currently looking for a third staff for that. We have a health educator position that is posted, um, and then we have kind of a new position for us that we're trying to fill, and this will kind of lead into Gay's conversation in a little bit, is an instructor that will specifically focus on independent living, older blind individuals. Um, so we are hoping to find someone that has the skill set to cover the majority of what several of our current instructors are breaking up to give that person. So it might just be a little bit smoother um, training time for that person. You know, they can pick what areas they really need to focus more intensely on and um, be able to get them through in a timely manner. So we're excited about having that person join us. Um, other than that, we have our voc rehab counselor, which I believe we have shared with most people that um, we are going to have an internal voc rehab counselor. So instead of the individual staying with their current VR counselor in the field, they will transition their case to the case manager. And this will allow for that case manager to be very involved in their training while they're at the center and helping that person work through their case 
um, and then transition back to that field counselor. So we're excited that that person will be in Monday morning meetings. They'll be right down the hall that the students can go ask questions. Um, and from our end, it also will help speed up the authorizations and the um, payments and things that we have to ask for. So if a student needs an item right now, we have to send an email. That person has to authorize it. It comes back. But now sitting in a meeting, we can say, hey, we need to authorize for a, a new cane. And that person can just, as I like to say, click a few buttons, which is not really that easy. But um, in my world, it is. Um, so they can click a few buttons. And you know, it's, it stops about three or four steps of us having to go back and forth for that type of stuff. Um, some other exciting news, we have two employees that work for us that are currently enrolled in um, college to get their CVRT, which we are very excited about. And we have one employee that is taking their test on December 13th, so please send all the good vibes her way that she gets that. Um, so we're very excited to have our own instructional staff that sees the importance of the CVRT um, the specialist in this field and they're pursuing those to ensure that those continue on. Um, over the past year we've had lots of new staff. I've already mentioned a couple today um, and lots that we're going to hire. We've had lots of renovations. Um, I know several people were able to make it to our open house back in July and some of you weren't but our dormitory wing has been completely remodeled except for flooring um, which is coming in our phase two renovations. Um, I think the students all have enjoyed coming back to the welcoming environment um, with new colors and artwork and just a different vibe in the building. Um, we are working currently on phase two, which will be basically renovations to the other side, which is our instructional unit. Um, some of our areas upstairs, as well as what I like to say, the boring stuff like plumbing, electrical, none of the, the good things I like to take care of, but I have to because it's my job. Um, and I think the last thing I wanted to share is kind of what our focus is for next year. Um, so we really want to look at building um, our IL services that we provide through the center. Um, definitely working in collaborations with Gay and her branch to get that going. Um, we haven't really done let, a lot of pre-ets lately just with the dorm being closed um, and not being able to host the PATH program, but we want to look at what does that look like for us to serve pre-ets in the future and high schoolers. Um, and then also, um, Carla and I have already talked, and we want to restart the advisory committee for the center where we have several of the community partners that come in and are able to sit on that um, committee with us and really look at where the center's going and get input from you all that are out there every day doing what you do and that you know use our services. We really value your input and how we can improve and what we need to do to make changes. So we will get that started hopefully in January, if not February. <laughs> January's a lot sooner than us think, um, but we're definitely going to get that. So if that's something you're interested in and serving on a committee like that to provide some um, advisory items, please let Carla know. I told her I would kind of work with her to figure out a couple members that would like to join that committee with us. Um, with that, I think I have covered everything that was on my list. Does anybody have any immediate questions right now about the center? Or we can wait till the end. There, there we go. Okay. My name is Dave Wildy, and I was having Chris Wedding has done a lot for me. I understand he's gone, mm -hmm. and I need some help with uh, finishing up uh, some iPad training with Richard uh, Sizemore in Lexington. Okay. He was he was wonderful. He did a lot for me. Okay. So, 
I don't know how to follow through on that. Okay. Um, Gaddis, Chris's position actually falls under gay, so I'll let her answer that question for okay. you if that's okay right. when yeah. she comes up and yeah, she can right. let you know how we're filling that void right now. Okay. All well, right. Thank you. I've been very, very happy with the center. Though. Thank you. Thank you. Any other questions right now that you have? All right. Well, I'm going to pass it over to Gay so she can talk about the ILOIB program. And just remember to come visit us at the table um, next door. And also, if you're interested in a tour of the facility, just reach out, and we would be happy to have you come check out the new area that was just finished and hear about some of our new plans. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Um, hey, hey, I like that. Um, my name is Gay Panel. I am the uh, manager for the independent living um, branch, and so I want to kind of give a little update on what we call ILOIB. You know, we are quickly approaching the time of the year when we're going to start to hear some speeches, often referred to as the state of, you know, the state of the union you know, kind of type speeches. And so when I was thinking about the things I wanted to say today, that's how I began to think about it, that this would be the state of the ILOIB branch um, and a little bit of how we've done and a little bit of a glimpse into the future. Um, and before I get too far along with that, I do want to point out um, that Heidi brought CJ. I have friends, too. <laughs> <clears throat> And so, yeah, I mean, you know, and so I brought um, a couple of my staff with me as well. Um, so um, they're in the back currently. Uh, Chance Groves is one of the independent living uh, counselors, and Bailey Wingo is the administrative specialist uh, located in Bowling Green. So they're here as well. So I think most of you all already know what the letters I-L-O-I-B stand for. But just in case anyone's new to this, <clears throat> uh, oh, see, there's a hand back there that says he needs to know. So, okay, IL is going to stand for independent living, and OIB stands for older individuals who are blind. And so this older number <clears throat> is sort of misleading because it seems to imply like, you know, 105, um, but really it only applies to 55. 55 and older, so it's, it's not um, quite the old that we think about uh, when we say that. Yeah, exactly. So the um, independent living, older, blind branch <clears throat> works off the federal physical year, and that means that our reporting ended on September the 30th. So in general, my remarks today are going to be talking about what we've accomplished ending September 30th is, is physical year 23. So during that time, I thought you might would be interested to know that 480 people requested services during that period of time. And when you add that number of those new requests to the people who were already receiving services, it pushes that number over to over 700 uh, for that one physical year. So I'm telling you that number for a very specific comparison that I want to make today. 480, remember that number? Okay. The year before, in fiscal year 22, our total number served 
that requested services was 497, meaning that this past year we had almost the same number of people new requesting services who had received services the whole entire year before that. So you can see that it was a big bump up. And um, what that means is that bounce, um, it, this physical year 23 has earned itself a nickname. It's, a, it's the name I call it. It's our COVID rebound year. I feel like it's the first year that we really sort of seemed like we were coming out of that period of time. So we're very pleased with that. Of, uh, of that number, of that 700 number, um, they lived in 112 Kentucky counties. So we were spread out, you know, pretty far with that. Interesting maybe to some of you all, uh, I know the Owensboro contingent here, uh, they're going to be interested to know that the largest portion, the biggest caseloads, were found in western Kentucky. So we're, we're doing well down in western Kentucky. That's right, Rick, you stand up. <laughs> um, um, 84% of the people that were receiving services were over the age of 55. And of that number, 31% of that number that was over 55 were actually 75 and older. So that's a great number. And of that, 69% of the, of the grand total were female. And I think this is very interesting to know also. The vast number were people who are living in private residences. So they're, you know, they're at home. You know, they're, they're making it at home. Almost every person that came to us in fiscal year 23 requested some sort of daily living skills instruction. And also many of them, the majority of them, received an evaluation on magnification devices. Now, Bailey, who I mentioned is here, she has just completed doing our, our satisfaction surveys. And she did surveys with 188 of the older individuals who participated in the program who had reached the end of their plan of service. And of that number, of the 188, 185 of them said that the services had met their needs and that they would indeed recommend the program to someone else that they know. So we consider that to be quite an accomplishment. We're very proud of those numbers uh, that people, you know, when people say they'll recommend you, that, that speaks volumes, you know, because in our world, a, the best referral is a word-of-mouth referral. You know, when someone tells their friend or their brother-in-law or their cousin about us, that means, you know, that they like us, that they feel like that we're of value. So we, we really appreciate that number. So when I spoke to you last November, um, we were down a, a couple of positions. Since then, we've been able to add two new administrative specialist positions, one's in Louisville and the other in Bowling Green, Bailey, that I've mentioned. This is very notable to us because this is the first time in history that the program has been able to have dedicated administrative specialists. Always before, we've shared a position with someone else. So these two folks have been able to be hired and be dedicated to our branch. We feel like that was a great accomplishment um, for us. We're also looking at ways of, of expanding um, service quality, for example, how we expand quality. Our counselors this year gained a lot of experience in doing assessments for sun shields to help people with glare management or to improve their color contrasting. 
That was an area that we sort of, to use an expression, we upped our game quite a bit in that area. Uh, we're, we're pleased with the results we're getting so far. Um, we've also been very proactive with our outreach. Um, you heard me last year talk about the fact that we had spent some time in COVID developing materials. In our COVID rebound years, we've found lots of places to distribute those materials, um, and we've been very proactive, the counselors have been. Um, I will say that, that in the recent months, the counselors in uh, Lexington and Pikeville have been very, very proactive um, in reaching out because for whatever reason, um, those two areas of the state, those re that region there has been the slowest to rebound from COVID as far as the number of referrals is concerned. So we've been um, really making good use of those COVID produced materials that we had at the time and making sure that we're distributing in those, uh, in those areas. We've done some other um, kind of neat proactive outreach things. Um, since I'm looking directly at Chance, I will mention that uh, a lot of most of you all know that she was interviewed on a podcast um, during the course of the year. I think that was our first IL person that had been interviewed on a podcast. Uh, since then, we've got a second one in the works that we're hoping to get approved soon that Helga doesn't even know about, so there you go. Um, where um, That just goes to show we're on the move. It's hard to keep up with us, right? So, um, Samantha Olgadis, uh, some of you all know, maybe you know her from the uh, Covington office. Uh, she was a featured speaker at the uh, Kentucky Rehabilitation Association conference this week. Um, so we were pleased to have both of those folks to be able to reach so many people in a very public kind of way. So I want to uh, make mention that you know you all probably go places and know people and would be uh, able to establish some uh, places that we could come. And so I'm going to reference an expression from an old movie. I'm going to kind of paraphrase it, but I think you'll recognize it anyway. And, and that is, if you invite us, we will come. And so, you know, so if, you, if you've got places that have meetings um, or that you think should have a meeting and, and invite us to it, um, you give us a date and a time, and we'll be sure that we have somebody there for sure. So that's a little bit about what we did in 23. Um, and I think that you would hopefully agree with me that it was a pretty successful year. It was a good rebound back year. Um, we started really getting our legs under us again, um, really getting out and establishing some new things. So I thought that I would um, give a couple of glimpses into the future, uh, what we're looking at for this coming year. One thing, uh, I'm going to go back to, to David uh, for a second, uh, because we are going to have some personnel changes. Um, he referenced that uh, Chris Wedding, the counselor in Louisville, did leave. Um, Thank you. So, no problem. 
Um, so we, Chris did leave, um, went to sunnier pastures down in Florida. Um, so he, he has left. Um, and I'll start by saying that um, we will be replacing that position. Um, and so as Heidi's already alluded to, you know, that, that's a process, but we will be doing that. Um, meanwhile, uh, we are assigning the work that Chris had started to other counselors. Um, so you'll be in contact, someone will be in contact with you uh, regarding the services that you need to complete or plan to do so. So no one will be um, forgotten. In fact, um, I spent the day before yesterday at the McDowell Center, and that's one of the things we were doing is reviewing all the work that Chris had in progress so that we would know where to start. So you, uh, you, you'll be in touch with someone. Sure. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. All right. And just as a little teaser, a little glimpse into the future, not only are we wanting, uh, we'll, we will replace uh, Chris's position, um, but we're also kind of looking at exploring ways to expand and add additional counseling staff um, out there. I've alluded that there's, you know, some parts of the state that are pretty busy, and uh, we, we want to make sure we create an environment where people have good experiences coming into our program, uh, not lengthy waiting lists or anything of such that. So um, we, we've got our vision, right, Helga? Um, another thing I want to um, mention is that we're looking at ways that we can enhance some training areas or to make services more accessible uh, through the state. And one of the ways that we've done that already and we're just kind of pushing forward is that we, we now work off of a hybrid service delivery model. And so for those of you who have known us a long time, you'll remember that pre-COVID we were 100% in-person if we weren't there, then we didn't know what to do. And then all of a sudden there was a you know flip of the switch and we went from 100% in-person to 0% in-person. And then we had to figure out how to do it. And so we, we did figure out how to do a lot of things. So now we're able to combine that. And by combining that um, more remote service with in-person, it allows us to expand things. It's also allowing us now to spend time learning um, new skills to teach things that we didn't always have time to teach before. So we feel like that's a, a good thing moving forward. So I'll leave those things with you as kind of teasers, like you've been to the movies, and uh, you have a teaser of what's coming in the next year. I want to say, too, that I always appreciate uh, the invitation to speak um, to you all. I, I, I know all of us feel this way, that we're very proud of the programs that we represent. And so we feel very um, good about having them specifically invited for things like, like this. And we want to invite you um, to partner with us as much as, as you can to let people know about our services so that we continue to grow um, this, this very program. And um, with Adam sitting right here in front of me, I cannot walk away without saying, again, you know, so to thank you to Adam and those of uh, everybody else involved in getting us those calendars. Uh, we would hardly be able to make it if we didn't get those calendars because people would probably just, you know, revolt. And so we have to have that. So thank you, Adam. Thank you, everyone. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. Is there a question or anything else? I'm, I guess coming back. Helga will answer all questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, all right. Helga? Oh, I 
So, under the under the specialized services, we also have a few other staff that don't fall under Heidi and they don't fall under Gay, um, and that's the Bioptic Driving Program. And so. Um, if you don't know about the Bioptic Driving Program, that's a program that you have to qualify for. Um, they're very specific vision requirements, and um, and once an individual does is found eligible, they work with a VR counselor to be referred to that program. And uh, so, just to let you know, this year we. Uh, provided services. We have two individuals who provide the behind-the-wheel training, um, and they were able to work with, provide services to 32, no, sorry, 36 consumers in 2023, and these consumers came from 22 different counties, and uh, they did also an additional 30 evaluations. The state, our state entity is the only one who can do an evaluation for a bioptic driver and then give the go-ahead for that individual to take their permit test and proceed with uh, pursuing a driver's license. Um, let's see, we had, um, I think my numbers in front of me are not super updated, so I'm not going to tell you right now. Oh wait, here it is. Let me tell you how many individuals received a driver's license. Um, 14 individuals have obtained their driver's license so far this year. And um, and of those, most of them were able to go on and achieve competitive integrated employment. So that's the whole purpose of this program. It's much, um, much easier, of course, when you live in a very rural area and you are able to drive to your job, you know, getting that driver's license is essential an essential piece to uh, employment. We also have a Facebook page that I want to tell you about. It's called the Charles McDowell Center for the Blind Facebook page. So I think if you were to look for it that way, you'll find it. But um, So please find it, friend us, follow us, whatever that is. But on there, there will be two new videos. And one is... Um, Chance is in that video with one of her consumers, and it is a fantastic video that tells from the consumer's perspective what the services meant to her. And you know, everyone is, is very individual, so for her, she was someone who had been blind since she was a young teenager. Uh, she had developed all of the skills, basically, that she needed to manage things and, and manage her life. Um, but then she found that as she approached age 40 and she had a house full of children and a husband and a lot more responsibilities, duties, and just a lot of things going on, that a return to Voc Rehab for some new services was incredibly helpful. And there were things that she didn't know about. There was a, adaptive equipment that she didn't know about. And so it's a fantastic video, and that will just be a, a linked onto our Facebook page, and we'll also put it on our OVR web page. I think Facebook is probably more accessible, though. We can also send out the video link um, to all of you all just in an email, too. So I can talk to um, someone here and see what the easiest way to get that out is. 
And then also we have a bioptic driving video, and that'll also be linked and uh, easy to click on and, and watch that video. And it tells, again, from consumer perspective um, about the process and what it's meant to them and, and their experiences. So now I'm going to be Corey Markham for a moment. Corey Markham is the division director of the Blind Vending Program, or the Business uh, Enterprise Program, Kentucky Business Enterprise Program. Um, and he also could not be here. I think they're doing interviews also today, so he could not step away from that. So I'm just going to read his report for you. Um, he says that KBE, the acronym, KBE recently held its 2023 General Assembly in Louisville. And I know that, that that gets a pretty large crowd together for that. We had Melba Taylor, a blind manager for Maryland, as a keynote speaker. And KBE offered a supplier showcase and training to all of its managers over a two-day period. And plans are underway to make 2024 better than this year. I think the KBE program, like the independent living program, like the bioptic program, really suffered under like the McDowell program, really suffered under the um, pandemic, but everybody is, is seeing better numbers and a lot of gains this year. So 2023 has been exciting, and I know we have very high hopes and a lot doing a lot of strategic planning in all our programs for 2024. So uh, he's added two new blind vendors in the last year, Derek Kromnacker and Sean Dorsey. Um, he says that KBE now has 11 micro-markets. It's the newest trend in vending. A micro-market, he wrote, is an unmanned retail operation. I changed that to unpersoned retail operation. One is a hybrid, it's a hybrid market. Um, oh, one of them, one of these micro-markets is a hybrid market. So it offers fresh food on site, but the checkout is unattended. You scan your card and you check out without a person. So he also lists the locations that these 11 micromarkets are in. And I kind of looked through the list because he didn't put them in order. There are six in Louisville, um, two in Frankfurt, and, um, and then two in Covington. So one is at the American Printing House for the Blind in Louisville. Um, there's a first floor and a fourth floor micro market at the Gateway IRS complex in Covington. And then there's the Ron Mazzoli building in Louisville, the Mayo Underwood building in Frankfurt, the Stober building, uh, which is a Jefferson County Public School building, the columns of Hurstburn Green in Louisville. Rotorer Correctional Complex in Louisville, Eddyville Correctional Complex, uh, Louisville City Hall Annex, and the Cabinet for Human Resource Building in Frankfurt. That's the hybrid one. Recently, they were awarded a five-year extension at Fort Campbell for the full food service, full cafeteria food service. KBE has responded to the solicitation from the Army for food service at Fort Knox. And it is currently direct negotiating the last parts of the contract with the Army. Corey says we are hoping for good news there soon. 
KBE has selected Southern Food Service Management from Birmingham, Alabama as our statewide teaming partner for the locations that need additional expertise. Southern has experience in complex food service locations across the country and it's a strong advocate for the Randolph Shepherd Act. Uh, KBE has transitioned to an online vendor training in coordination with the Lighthouse for the Blind in Chicago. That was formerly called the Hadley Program, very specific to vending. We've already had three students and two staff complete that program. The McDowell Center is providing the assistive technology evaluations and some other evaluations for individuals who are interested in entering the KBE program. And then once you get accepted into the program, McDowell Center can offer supports as you work through the Lighthouse training, which is um, a fairly extensive online platform that you go through. Uh, KBE and OVR continue to offer a scholarship program that we get through uh, the Coke company. Are because of all the drink contracts, right? So Coke gives back and they offer scholarship money. And finally, um, we continue to add staff to support blind vendors with a recent addition of a second assistant director and a second food service evaluator. So that is Corey's um, report. And uh, with that, I take questions. Yes, in the back. Hello, my name is Lisa Kemp, and I'm with NKCB in Northern Kentucky. And you had mentioned the Gateway IRS building in Covington, but I didn't catch the other one in Covington. It's the same building, it looks like. It's on the second floor and the fourth floor. I guess they have two of them there. Two locations. Okay, yeah. thank you so very much. Yeah, first floor and fourth floor. So, like Heidi said, we have a table in the next room. If you're interested in having an iBill reader or looking at some of the devices and equipment that we teach on in our home management classes at the McDowell Center, we have a few little items there uh, that you can try out. I can't give those away, but I can give away all the iBill readers. And uh, uh, we also, you can scan our, our QR code and go right to the information about our agency and our services. And uh, I have candy that I bought right after Halloween. And I didn't know how good the Snickers bars are with almonds, so I recommend you try one. All right, thank you everyone, and thanks again for, for allowing us to be here and be part of this day. If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind or you need information on resources for people with vision loss, call us at 502-895-4598 or email us at kcb at kentucky-acb.org.
Sound Prince is a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind and is heard each week on ACB Radio Mainstream at acbradio.org, Central Kentucky Radio I at radioi.org, and the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. Complete schedule information is also available on the website. Sound Prince is underwritten by the Louisville Downtown Lions Club and by the American Printing House for the Blind. This is Carla Rushable for Sound Prince. Have a great week, everybody.